0: How do you keep yourself motivated while applying to medical school after being rejected five times? What's it like dating another med student and finding balance to study and spend time together? Hear from second year med student Andrew on how he remained resilient while applying to medical school, his experience getting his acceptance call, his immense love for all things Disney, and how he is using that love for Disney to form a student interest group here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Welcome to another edition of Talking You and Med Student Life. I have got a great guest today. Andrew, how are you doing?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: And I have so many questions to ask you, and we're going we're gonna to go down some rabbit holes, and, which I think is very prescient. Uh, I, let's do it. Let's jump right into it. All right, Andrew, what, what year are you in medical school? I'm currently a second year. Second year of med school. Let's go in the Dr. Chan time machine. When did you first went, want to go to medical school? When did you have the idea of becoming a doctor? Was it, was it an, an event, one event, or was it a series of events? When did that start entering your consciousness?
1: I guess it's kind of a culmination of events. <clears throat> As a child, I had a lot of health issues. And so I was in the hospital frequently, um, a lot of different doctors, a lot of different procedures. Um, so I kind of was around medicine a lot, and as I grew up, um, when people would ask me what I wanted to be, I had a lot of goals in life. I I would always respond, I wanted to be a singing, firefighting, police officer, doctor, comedian, chef. Like, I had this big, long list of what I wanted to be, and through experiences in junior high and high school and college, um, I definitely narrowed that list down, um, to, I mean, and there kind of was a theme between police, firefighter, chef, uh, you know, doctor. I wanted to help people, wanted to be around people. Um, and as I went through my science classes, as I kind of had more and more experiences with HOSA in high school and some uh, organizations in college, I really recognized that healthcare was the field for me uh, to be able to get that interpersonal re- relationships, but also to, you know, my my overall goal was to kind of be the physician that I wanted as a child that sometimes I had and sometimes I didn't have. Um, so I kind of wanna want to you know, to not be cliche, I want to be the change that I, I wanted to see in medicine. So that's ultimately what got me here.
0: What was, well, Andrew, I love that. What, what was that change you wanted to see? What was, if you feel comfortable in sharing with our listeners out there, what what was that, what was that change you wanted to be? What was your experience with medicine growing up?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I think that there were just some physicians that, you know, did a great job, but were a little bit colder and didn't really give me the, the warm fuzzies and the, the true feeling of care and, and understanding that I was looking for. Um, but there's one story that I always go back to when kind of reflecting on this, and it was a, an anesthesiologist at Primary Children's for one of my surgeries that I was having as a child. And I mean, he <clears throat> came out and he personally, he got me in a, a red wagon to wheel me back to surgery. And he told me all these stories, like I can still remember, and I was like seven at the time, but he told me a story about a mouse and he told me a story about a cat, like all these like totally child friendly, but he just felt made me feel so comfortable and so understood, even as a child. And I I still often think back to that story about how much that meant to me and how I would love to kind of have, you know, somebody talk about me that way, not in a selfish sort of way, but just in a, they were very comforted. They were, they felt like they were okay, like they were understood like that that everything was going to work in their in their favors as much as it could. So that's really kind of my my goal there is just to to have people have that feeling that warmth um, in such a trying and scary time that a really good understanding physician can provide.
0: I love that Andrew and you know like I have I'm not a anesthesiologist nor am I a pediatric anesthesiologist <laughs> um and and quite personally like you know just thinking about undergoing surgery going under the knife is very scary to me mm-hmm. and I do know that um, my colleagues in those fields they just do a wonderful job because it can be quite scary especially from the sounds of a seven-year-old um yeah, yeah so I think that's a very much needed skill because yeah like it can be dangerous unpredictable it, it's it's you just have a lot of questions and yeah I just that's a really great story Andrew thank you for sharing yeah. um all right, let's jump ahead a bit. All right, so university, college, like what kind of activities did you do to help prepare you for medical school? What, 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 what was your jam? What, was, what did you find yourself attracted to? What kind of activities did you do? Uh, so
1: I was always um, intrigued by leadership. Even through high school, I was always a school officer. So in, in, med, or in, in undergrad, I tried to find um, as many leadership opportunities as I, as I could just to kind of have that feeling Um, whether it was within a volunteer organization to kind of lead there. Um, So I always looked for some sort of leadership, you know, as a TA and whatnot. Um, But the other thing that I really did the most of was try to get into as many patient experiences as I could. So I loved to volunteer at hospitals or clinics, but I never kind of stuck with one place with the exception of Primary Children's. I did volunteer there for Primary Children's Hospital for about seven years. Um, but besides that, I volunteered at hospice. I volunteered at, with or with hospice with at the Fourth Street Homeless Clinic. Um, I volunteered with the suicide chat line online. Um, ultimately, I did a lot to try and expose myself to as many different patient populations uh, as I could, just to kind of figure out their individual struggles and the individual ne- individualized needs of those uh, particular patient populations. Just to kind of be a well-rounded um, in my understanding of medicine, because uh, that's kind of where I. You know, as I entered college, that's where I knew I wanted to head. So I did my best to to expose myself to as many things as possible
0: um, in that respect. That's beautiful, Andrew. And now I want to pivot and let's talk about it. I want to talk about your grit, your resilience, um, hitting the wall. Like, like if, for the listeners, like how many how many times did you apply to med school, and how did you keep going? I I just I've always wondered this, and so I'm glad we get to talk about it.
1: Yeah, uh, so I had a, a little bit of a bumpy path to get into medical school. Uh, my ultimate goal was to go straight from undergrad right on in. I think that's a lot of people's goals, uh, but I unfortunately wasn't able to do that, and it actually took me five times applying to get into medical school. Uh, again, I'm an anomaly. I don't want to scare anybody that's <laughs> listening. This isn't the normal, uh, but I, I, yeah, I struggled to get in. I would consistently ask for feedback after every cycle and and to kind of dive into this a little bit just because I've I've spent the last couple of years really reflecting back on what was going on and and was my application perfect no you know I needed to improve research and I needed to improve patient exposure and, and so obviously there were things to work on but one thing that I really think it came down to was um, was me my my head my mentality I almost I don't know not to down talk myself, but I I guess I was maybe a little bit arrogant or frustrated at myself and frustrated at the process. And I kind of let myself go in the process. I ultimately started looking and thinking about, you know, all the boxes that I needed to check and, and really what the med school was looking at for me. And, and I was doing everything for them. I really wasn't doing anything for me. And, And I really think that's where it came down to. It was an attitude it was my attitude of, of you know, I, I wanted to get into medical school, I wanted to do this, but I wanted to do it for the med school. I kind of lost why I wanted to do it. <clears throat> and it was that final time of me applying, I, I kind of had a huge mental breakdown. I was traveling for work one day, or one week, and, and I was alone. And I mean, I just lost it. I was so sad one night, I was bawling. But But then I realized, you know, I thought back to kind of what we've already talked about, why I wanted to do this, why this was important to me. And it changed my entire perspective. I recognized I wanted to be the physician. I wanted to be the provider. The med school didn't want that for me, not in a negative way, but, you know, they're there to help me get there. But I had to want this and I had to to really show that. And so it was a complete change of attitude, a complete change of mentality. And so that's something that I share with every pre-med that I get to talk to is, This process can be hard. It can be challenging. Um, It can be morally, you know, belittling. Um, But you have to keep you involved. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. The light at the end of the tunnel isn't really getting that admissions call. I mean, that's great. That's wonderful. That's what you're working for. But the light at the end of the tunnel is you putting that white coat on, you going in and helping that patient, you making the difference. And that's really what got me through that final time of applying. And I, I ultimately believe getting in was that I finally believed in myself and ultimately remembered why I wanted to do this. It wasn't, it wasn't for anybody else. It wasn't for those boxes that I needed to check. It was because I wanted to, as I said earlier, I wanted to be that change in medicine. And and it was, it was my time.
0: (laughs) Andrew, did you ever think about giving up? i mean it, it sounds like it it was extremely difficult at times like did that ever enter, enter enter your your mind
1: oh for sure yeah i many a times actually, and you know i luckily I had a really good support system between my my family and my girlfriend and friends um that you know kind of kind of kept me going um but yeah i I really did think about giving up, but again, when i you know I kind of kept pushing, and it was really my family my support system that got me through the first four times but that final time it was that breakdown um and it was me getting back up and recognizing that i wanted to do this for me and that's really what got me through that 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 final time so yeah it took a really good support system i wanted to give up um but ultimately i kind of told myself <laughs> this is what i want and no offense to any admissions department out there but nobody was going to tell me no i was the only person that was going to tell me no and that's what kept me going
0: and it sounds like like obviously you improved your application you improved yourself and like it was sounds like a evolution um did you change like strategies over the years were you looking at other places other schools were you talking to pre-med offices were you just relying more on your family like what what, did you change your like strategic approach over the years
1: yeah yeah I did that as well um so I actually requested feedback from a couple medical schools that I had applied to I worked with the pre-med office um, on lower campus and uh, tried to get as much feedback as as I could Um, you know I kind of figured maybe well maybe my writing was weak so I also had reached out to a couple former writing professors and even a a former English uh, teacher from high school that I was really close with to make sure like my writing style was strong Uh, but beyond that yeah I I looked at doing uh, different volunteer experiences different shadowing experiences because I I mean, even now and all along, I knew I wanted to go into pediatrics, so I wanted my application to be pediatric-heavy. Uh, but I also recognized that there's an importance of making sure that you are well-rounded and exposed to different populations. So, like I, like I mentioned, I did pediatric hospice, and that was, you know, so. And I did pediatrics at Primary Children, so I was very pediatric-heavy. So after that, I started looking for these different experiences that would get me um, involved with other patient populations. Uh, to kind of broaden my my understanding of medicine and uh you know look a little bit more well-rounded I guess so yeah definitely did a strategic change
0: but totally went along with my mental change what was it like when I called you what what, how did that feel like because I do remember it and I I, again I love doing this with you now Andrew because I have my perspective what what was your perspective Mm -hmm. what were you doing and and did yeah I'm just I want to hear your story yeah
1: so um interestingly I so I was I worked for a, a test prep company the, the previous five or while I was applying for those five years and I would travel all over the country and typically I was only home for like one or two days a week and I happened to be home I was at my parents house um, and I was sitting on the on my bed playing video games and it was really like the next day was March 15th so I knew that the deadline to here was was the next day <laughs> I was just little bit disheartened because I'm like, gosh, it's at the end of this cycle again. I haven't heard anything. Um, And so I'm just sitting there playing video games and my phone rings and I look over and, you know, thank goodness for Apple being such a smartphone. It was like, it didn't, it it said possibly University of Utah School of Medicine. And I just about lost myself. I grabbed my phone. I ran into my mom's room because she was the only one home. And I was like, you need to mute your TV. The med school's calling. And I mean, she's crying. I'm crying. I'm trying to talk to you on the phone. And as far as I recall, you said you were crying. And I mean, it was just the, it was a moment that I had waited for, for so, so many years. And it was, I mean, even right now talking about it, like it brings tears to my eyes because it was such a happy, joyous occasion that I I wish for everybody (laughs) to experience. But man, I had. I had waited for that call five cycles and it was so cool to finally be there and, and to hear your voice on the other end of the line and for it to not be a dream because I had actually had a dream a couple cycles in and that you had called and I woke up and I wasn't accepted. So this time to be awake and to be <laughs> accepted, it was amazing.
0: <laughs> Andrew, like, yeah, I, 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 I teach in our med school and I'm very fortunate to do that. And I was I was with some of the their first year students Another day, and we were talking, and they were asking me, like, "Oh, isn't it great to be dean of admissions?" And I kind of shared with them, you know, it's this is it's a hard job. You know, I have a hard role to play, and mm-hmm. and you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, we have 125 that get the phone call every year, but there are thousands who do not, and I take no joy um, in that. And it, it, it's really it's really hard, um, and I do remember calling you because I, I know how hard you've worked and how far you've come and how much you put into it. And again, it's like, it's not me, it's the committee. There is a missions yeah. committee. It's not, it's not, it's not up to me. Um, and the committee also saw how hard you worked and how far you've come and all the the trials and tribulations. And so, yeah, like this is not a, I, I do remember calling you and just the emotion you displayed and shared. And I also, displayed and share that too, because it's, it's kind of one of the bright rays of sunshine, especially with all that's going on <laughs> right mm-hmm. now yes. uh, in our, in our world and society. So I do remember calling and chatting with you and I was really, really happy for you. Um, and it always means something a little bit more to me, too, when there's more emotion on the, when there's emotion involved, because yeah. sometimes people are in shock. A lot of times, sometimes people are emotional, but I, I think it's, you know, most people always, I mean, there's certain key moments in your life. You always remember when this happened or that happened. And like, I think most people I talk to remember the day they got into med school, and I certainly do. And I didn't get a phone call. I got the letter. But uh, yeah, I think I, I'm just really, I was really, I was, and I am very happy for you, Andrew. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's, I want to talk more about med school. All right. So you get here and what was your experience like first year? Where, did you feel prepared? Was, was it, was it? way too much information in a short amount of time like like how how because like it's hard to describe what med school is like to someone who's not in med school but that's one of the reasons why i do this pod is i I try to communicate that what was first year like for you
1: it was uh i mean i'm sure that this has been said and and if it hasn't been said it'll be said sometime soon but it's it's as they describe it as our course directors describe it it's like drinking from a fire hose and that's 100 reality um but it's an absolute blast so yes, is it stressful? Oh my God, it's horribly stressful. And I, I can't begin to describe the level of stress that I've experienced uh, in med school and especially at the beginning, cause it was quite the transition. I had been out of school for five years. So I was kind of worried like what that transition was gonna look like. Um, but there is so much support uh, that I you know, had been told about, but really you don't quite understand it until you're in full support from fellow classmates, but your course directors, uh, the academic success, student affairs, like everybody is there to rally behind you. Uh, so I, you know, I, like I said, I was scared. I was really, really scared, uh, but I met a lot of friends. Transition to the medical school was really helpful for that. We got to meet a lot of our classmates. And I met a couple of classmates that had very similar interests to me. And in fact, there, there's a group of three of us that have become really close. And we call ourselves the Griffin Docs, because um, we study together, we stay together, and we met that very first week in transitions. So there's a lot going on that week, but, but man, you, you get to know a lot of your classmates, you get to meet everybody. um, And and you kind of form those really tight, tight relationships.
0: That's so cool. What, 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 what are some other practices of the Griffin docs? Like, do you do do, like (laughs) outreach? Are you doing, Quidditch matches, What what, what is the Docks up to?
1: I think we are a, a, a
0: support system for
1: each other. Okay, at, all at, right, at most. <laughs> no
0: cosplay at, at this time.
1: No, no, yeah. I, one of our group members is really artistic and she made us a little caricature of, of us standing in like uh, her, uh, Hogwarts cloaks. <laughs> so I mean, that's as far as we've done with that, but it's just kind of a silly name that we have. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, that's wonderful, Andrew, all right. I. Again, I'm, I'm very curious your sp- perspective. Uh, let's go back to March of last year. Um, what was it like being a first-year med student when the COVID pandemic started to become more prominent, started to overtake everything, began to spread uh, as we kind of entered into the crisis? What was it like being a med student when this started to happen?
1: Uh, yeah, it was kind of, um, you know, I mean, I, I think every aspect of, of the world would say that this has been crazy, but that's exactly what it was. We had just come back from spring break. Um, and we were starting a new course called Host and Defense and kind of it's about bugs and drugs, you learn about all the, the bugs and then the drugs to treat them. And uh we had been a week in, and all of a sudden this, this news was coming that, that, you know, maybe we were going to be shutting down, that there was that cases of, of coronavirus in Utah. And so it just kind of seemed so surreal. And at that point, we were at the very beginning of the course. We really hadn't learned about, like, virology or anything. We didn't know, <laughs> you know, how this worked. And so I, I kind of was really naive to it. I mean, I knew that there was that this was all happening, that the spread it was occurring, um, but I was, you know, very hyper focused on med school and didn't really think externally um, until we were told. Yeah, it was a, I believe it was a Thursday or Friday, and they said we're we're moving to online, um, at least for two weeks was was what we were told. And so, you know, we went home, and then <laughs> the following week we had an earthquake, and <laughs> that was just insanity. Um, but yeah, it was it was incredibly crazy. But what I will say is that the Course directors and everybody involved were very transparent and very um, upfront with what we, what they were doing and why they were doing certain things, just to make sure that we felt very supportive and understood. Um, so it was it was crazy, but um, ironically, it's been very doable. And at first, I was kind of pessimistic. You know, I am a very social person, so I was I really loved going to class and talking to my classmates and seeing everybody. So I was really really sad, and that is definitely one thing I've missed. Um, from being online, but um, again it, it 's been completely doable and our the the med school faculty have been great at making sure that they are they're doing everything that they can to make us feel supported and cared
0: for in this time. How has this past year been because most of the instruction has stayed on zoom is I, do, do you still feel that connection with classmates since you got to spend more or less nine months with them in person before you went to zoom or like I'm just curious like like yeah like how does that feel now now they're almost a year into it um and and what's can you remember what's it like to be in person learning
1: honestly um it's hard to remember what it's like to be in person when we do come for a few in-person things just for clinical experiences um I mean we're in a group of nine people and that's it so it's hard to really think back to what it was like to be in a lecture hall with 125 people uh, it's just it's been so long because um, in you know in, a, in about a month we're we're at a year that we've been online and uh, but know that the they've they've made it very amenable to online it, it, it's hard because you know we've we've closed our student-run clinics so we haven't got that exposure and a lot of our in-person stuff that you know was kind of optional to do in person but would have been better to do in person they've just pushed that online so um, you know it, it has been challenging we really haven't got that patient exposure that I was hoping for Uh, but at the same time they've done their best and obviously this is a crappy situation you know and and it's nothing that anybody would want Um, but they have made it as 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 good as possible and the faculty has been very open and receptive to feedback and so I think that's why um, you know so we can talk about this if you would like but my girlfriend is a first year and so kind of asking her experience because she's been online all year and, you know she hasn't really had any uh i mean just a couple in person things is all um and she feels very connected to her classmates so that's one thing you know my my class they've kind of set up game nights online and different things uh to make sure that we're staying connected um but you know sorry to get kind of off subject but back on subject um i do feel really strong connections with a lot of my classmates but there are some connections that are a little bit weaker just because they were people that I would just pass in the hall and say hi and and, you know that's not there and so I'm not really reaching out and those people aren't really reaching out to me Um, so you know there are some really strong connections and then there are some weaker connections but overall our class culture is still really supportive um, and I still feel comfortable reaching out to anybody and hopefully having anybody reach out to me um, if they needed help so that really hasn't changed that much
0: Andrew, you, you mentioned your girlfriend, you, you opened the door. So I'm going to step through like, (laughs) yeah, let's talk about that. What's it like to have a partner in medical school with you? Um, You know, like, do you, do you study together? Like, have you already started thinking about couples match? How is that going to work being in different years? Like, yeah. What's that like with a partner in med school?
1: Um, It was uh, kind of frightening. So I mean, we were both applying at the same time. So we have been together for almost uh, six years now. And uh, so we kind of went through this application process together. And we were kind of scared, to be honest, like being different years, you know, not going at the same rate. Uh, but it's actually been incredibly helpful uh, to have her, and hopefully to, her to have me. Um, but we, because you know, second years we have class in the morning, and I'm studying most afternoons, and she has class in the afternoon, studying most mornings. So our schedules are a little bit reversed, but we come together in the evening, and we try to take time off, have a dinner, not talk med school. Um, but it's really nice because we can do, we can talk med school. We can really feel supportive of each other. Um, so it's been actually a, a really a blessing to have her uh, going through med school with me because we kind of fully understand what's going on. Now, we're both stressed all the time. We both have to miss family events all the time because, you know, we can't really, I mean, one with the pandemic, but two uh, with studying, we, we can't really handle all of that. Um, but it's really brought us closer together. Um, we did get two quarantine pets. We got a hedgehog and a dog. Um, so we've really kind of formed our own little, <laughs> little family here. Um, but Like I said, we were scared going in, but it actually has been a lot of fun and kind of stress relieving because we both ultimately know what we're each experiencing. And it's really kind of cathartic on that level, I guess, to just kind of talk it out. You know, we don't really have to hold anything in or kind of candy coat it because we both fully are experiencing this and and really can relate with each other. So that's been a lot of fun.
0: So it sounds like it's drawn you closer together in many ways as a couple.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It really, really has. Um, we, you know, we were in this house 24-7 <laughs> together because of what's going on, but uh, it, it, we haven't, <laughs> we're still here. Yeah, we're still kicking yeah. and we're doing great. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot a bit, Andrew. I know you can change your mind, but like, you're good. Would you, like, yeah, w- like, would you do a, like, a research year or, or like and then do a couples match or would you try to match first I mean or, or is the future too far away and you you two really haven't really haven't really discussed that
1: uh, I mean there's been a lot of discussions and we've even talked to the dean of student affairs Dr. Stevenson and kind of got his opinion mm-hmm. um, as of right now it kind of looks like we're both going to you know kind of truck forward on our on our respective paths okay. and hope that we kind of both land in the same spot but that's not to say that something won't change you know she's looking at Applying to different internship programs, which would even you know, kind of intensify our our, our separation in years, um, as am I. So, you know, we'll kind of we'll kind of play it by ear right now. Um, nothing nothing solidified, but it's definitely something that we're
0: thinking about. Some of our most popular podcasts that we've ever done have always been couples match because there is so much strategy and so much emotion that goes into the match to start with, and mm-hmm. then you throw in that you're yoking linking your application to another person and it gets even more complex and uh and i look forward to you and your partner navigating that together (laughs) potentially down the road (laughs) potentially who knows who knows what the future will bring all right andrew this has been great i love talking to you all right like last few minutes i want to talk about um something that we all find fascinating about your interests and hobbies can we talk about this now oh please yeah all right so uh where is the best place in the world to be and why? Oh, it's
1: always at a Disney park. <laughs> 100% of the time.
0: <laughs> All right, let's talk about Disney. So, like where the, like how old were you when you first went? Like where did this come from and yeah, like how big of a am I allowed to say fan fanboy fan are, 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 are fanatic are you about Disney?
1: Oh, it's 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 uh it's huge. I am a, a major fanatic. Um, I, I honestly, I can't remember how young I was. I kind of was lucky. My aunt had an amazing job and she had connections to getting Disney tickets for great prices. So I kind of grew up going frequently with my family. Um, but truly my, my love of Disney kind of started when I was in junior high and it really hasn't gone away since I, I mean, at any given time I can tell you what rides are closed, what part, what the park hours are for that day. I mean, I don't know why I need that information, but I have it. Um, but I just love the feeling that you get when you go to Disney. And that's ultimately, I mean, I kind of talked about this a little bit in my application to med school. Um, Disney, I think their their ultimate goal, uh, I mean, obviously to make money, their business, but besides that, uh, is to kind of give every guest um, an individualized feeling, a feeling that they saw a princess or were waved at by a character or had this experience or exposure that nobody else could have. It was unique to them. And they want to talk about it and they want to share it. And that's kind of my tie-in to to medicine is I think that's how our patients should feel, that they had an interaction that was completely individualized to them, that was personalized, customized, that made them feel completely heard, cared about, and understood um, in in the realm of, of whatever's going on in their life. And that's uh, this connection. I mean, I love Disney. I've been many, many times in my life. If you could see my office right now, I'm surrounded by Disney memorabilia. This is my happy place in the house. Um, But I just love the feeling it evokes, the kind of the the motto that they stand for. um, And kind of a funny side note, two things. I guess one, I'm actually a travel planner. Uh, for an authorized disney vacation planning company so i've planned vacations for classmates i've planned them for residents i've planned them for friends um just for fun uh and i kind of lost my train of thought where i was going with the second thing but there was something else disney related in my life well Um, i have some
0: rapid fire (laughs) disney questions are you ready it's kind of like your viewer systems but it's like let's do it all right okay here we go andrew best disney movie and why
1: Oh, it's Up. My favorite is Up. I guess we're counting Disney Pixar, uh, but Up, I just love the feelings that it evokes, the story that it tells that you can kind of keep persevering um, and keep fighting on and and, and and getting your goal. And on that same note, I guess I would say uh, that keep moving forward is a line from uh, Meet the Robinsons and that's my other favorite movie. So those two movies kind of have that same motto.
0: Okay, good. I, I'm going to put it on the spot. Least favorite Disney movie and why?
1: Oh, Oh, no. <laughs> oh man that would be hard um i think
0: <laughs>
1: i don't know i love them all that's really tough you can
0: say atlantis atlantis kind of left me wanting you can say that <laughs>
1: yeah I, I i would agree with that um and I there was, a, there was a
0: period that. there when you know like their, their pictures weren't as great as they should be right
1: yes yeah so i'll probably stick with that that's i mean one that i don't really know a lot about but i i agree i kind of and the sequel wasn't any better so
0: <laughs> okay um best uh disney ride and why oh oh man
1: tower of terror and i think my girlfriend would agree we both love this ride and we were so sad when it left california adventuring in in disneyland to go to it's now the guardians of the galaxy uh but luckily we can still go to florida and experience it but man the the drops the theming the music the smells the sights like everything about that ride is just pure joy in my opinion
0: (laughs) awesome best disney uh land or world i mean like have you have have uh, which ones, because I know there are many throughout the world, so which, which one's yeah. the best?
1: Um, I, I guess I've only been to the parks here in the U.S., um, but my personal favorite is Disney World in Florida. Um, I think that it just, I mean, they have their own freeway system, they have 30 plus resorts on property, they have four parks, um, I mean, they have their own, their own fire department, like when you enter Disney World property, you are on Disney and you, as long as you're staying in a hotel on property, you never leave the magic until you go. Um, I know that that stirs some drama because a lot of people think that Disneyland in California should be the best because it's the original and it is. It has that magic, it has the nostalgia, uh, but I just love the size of Disney World in Florida.
0: I I, I can't argue with that. Yeah, I've been I've been to the <laughs> Florida one and the California one, and the Florida one is much bigger. There, there's a lot there's a lot more attractions. Yes. Um, all right andrew what's one thing that like that most people don't know about disney that like what's a hidden gem that people can do when they go to disneyland or disney world what's what's something that not people know about that they should definitely put on their bucket list when they go to disneyland or disney world
1: i think this is kind of a broad category but food i think disney does an incredible job and that's one of the most common uh wrongs that i have to correct with people that ask me about disney is oh it's just it's just theme park food. No, no, Disney, it's amazing. And especially, so the gem for Florida is to go to Epcot um, and to walk around World Showcase Lagoon where they have all the different countries and the people that make the food in those countries and serve the food are here. I mean, not right now because of COVID, but typically they're here from those countries on an internship. So not only do you get to taste the food of of that country and that culture, but you get to meet the people and hear about it firsthand from them as well. So it's an incredible experience. To taste the food and to meet the people, and and it's it, it's just incredible.
0: What what dish or or food item would you recommend?
1: Um, okay, uh, in Epcot in France, uh, they have a, a restaurant called Le Chef de France, and they have the most incredible lobster bisque that you'll ever have in your entire life. <laughs> I
0: love it! I love it! <laughs> I would not think of that. That that that's that's a really great tip. That's awesome. Um, Disney, I think they call it the ambassador program. Are you an ambassador, and and or if not, is your one of your goals to become an ambassador? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yes. Uh, so the ambassador program, you actually have to be a cast member, so you have to work for Disney. So unfortunately, I won't have that opportunity. But um, at least right now, my, a very long term goal for myself is to become either a Disney doctor. Um, which I, they have, which is incredible. Oh, we need to talk um, about reti- that. Keep
0: on going, Andrew. Keep on going.
1: <laughs> or as a retirement gig, um, I would love to work for Disney. So either I'll work for them as a physician or once I retire, I'll, I'll work on a ride or something. But I will someday be a cast member.
0: <laughs> so Disney has their own physician corps. What does a Disney doctor do? Uh,
1: so they're kind of in charge. Well, I guess it depends on the part of the, of the company that you're talking about, but they have like cruise doctors that take care of their guests on the cruise. Um, But mainly what I'm talking about is they actually have clinics on property. um, They are first aid clinics that they have MDs and nurses staff to make sure that the guests are safe. Uh, But also cast members can come and visit because they often work long hours and have a hard time getting to the clinic. Uh, So they can kind of have a little bit of primary care access right there on property. Um, And my, you know, my dream goal, but this will never happen. uh, They actually have a chief medical officer. Her name is Dr. Pamela Heimel right now. And in fact, I sent a cold email to her. I'm trying to get her to come and speak at my upcoming student interest group called Magic and Medicine. And we'll see if I get an email back from her.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, What is Magic and Medicine? Talk a little bit more about that. Is this Uh, this the Griffin Docs or is this something
1: unrelated? (laughs) This is unrelated to the Griffin Docs, although we will all be members of it, I'm sure. Uh, But it's a new student interest group that I'm forming called Magic and Medicine, just because I've heard some feedback from fourth years, third years, second years, and first years that Disney kind of brings us all happiness and joy. And so my ultimate goal right now is to kind of figure out how I can share that connection that I feel between medicine and Disney with my classmates. And so I already have a well, a, a health and wellness representative from Disney lined up to speak to us. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm trying to get the, the CMO of Disney, but we'll see if that happens.
0: <laughs> Persistence, man, you can do this. Um, exactly. And, and, I'm hesitant to lend myself to, to, to like causes at times. I will lend myself to this cause. This is, if you need me, CC me on the email, I would be happy to, I I would, or the invitation, I would be happy just to hear from this. Oh yeah. I think that's, this is wonderful, Andrew. Like uh, I had no idea. There was a chief medical officer for Disney, but it makes sense when I think about it. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is beautiful. All right. Last question, Andrew, for the listeners out there who have maybe hit the wall, are struggling, maybe thinking of not applying to med school or giving up, what would you say to them? What advice, what pearl would you leave them?
1: I think it's kind of something that I've already alluded to, but just to reiterate, you have to really do a lot of introspection to head this route and be fully wholeheartedly involved and love your job. And if it ever comes a point in your process where you've hit this wall, you'd want to give up, just ask yourself, why did you start in the first place? What was your goal? And if your goal still is and was then to become a doctor and to, you know, help people in whatever way you you feel like you want to do that, then keep going on. Because like I said, I told myself the only person that can tell me no is myself. And that's the way that everybody should be. You are your own captain. You are your own boss and you get to tell yourself when to give up. And if you fully feel like medicine is your path, it's hard, it's a struggle to get in, but keep fighting the good fight and I promise it will pay off. After five times it paid off for me and it will for you too.
0: That's wonderful. That's beautiful, Andrew. I appreciate you coming on the pod and I appreciate the all that you've done and how hard you've worked and We'll have you come back on in a few months because I want to hear updates, especially as you build out magic and medicine. This, This is so cool. I love it. Great. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you so much.